I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude. This is Real Spoilers, episode 675, Scream 5. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Let's be, let's Does not. it have a name? Is it just Scream? <laughs> it's Scream. They just did the, the Halloween thing. They just oh. did, called it Scream. That's I'm surprised dumb. you didn't go with Five Cream. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a dumb thing that I I feel like it's I mean the Wait, new man, Texas Chainsaw Ma- the the idea that they're not giving it a number anymore. No, it's perfect. They explain it in the movie. This movie is so self aware. Yeah, but it's also what they're doing with Halloween and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, there's no numbers anymore. So it's just there's three Halloweens, seventy what seventy eight. It's a but this one is different. Like they, they perfectly explain. Like, yeah, they do make they do mock themselves for it. But there, yeah. There's, yes. yeah, there's a complete there's a total reason for it, and they explain it, and it, it just it's so self aware. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I guess before we dig in, we should go around the virtual table, and everyone can identify themselves. This is Joe. <laughs> Hi, I identify as Kevin, <laughs> and I also identify as Kevin. Now, what do you do? Free country. <laughs> I already I identified as Joe. That's yeah. that's as far as I can get. And uh, this is Tom. We are once again uh, doing this over Zoom because uh, we have COVID in the O'Keefe household. We we it's your fault this time. We yeah. had a good run, and <laughs> yeah. uh, we made it pretty deep into the pandemic without getting it. But I mean, my, if you can make it to twenty twenty two, that's yeah. pretty good. You know, but, amazing how like the dominoes started falling. Yeah, but Joe, uh, <laughs> Joe was around it, and then I my house got it, and now Tom's house has it. It's like what. So far, I have not gotten it. My son has it, and my Don't wife. You better is, knock on some wood, brother. My, my 
my wife is feeling wonky, but she keeps testing negative. So I don't, and I feel fine. You gotta go so. get the, you gotta go get the test. Yeah. So you know, because the home tests, I'm just for the listeners out there, so you understand. And if you're monitoring and you care oh about God, this we're stuff, another Joe Rogan podcast. No, well, <laughs> no. First of all, because we're saying get tested and get yeah, the vaccine. That's true. We're giving but, you actual information. But uh, my wife tested. My wife. My uh, wife te- tested negative she called her work and she works in the healthcare industry and uh or field i guess she's not a rep or anything but uh (laughs) she works uh in the hospital system and so she said hey i've got cold systems i tested negative at home they're like yeah we're gonna need you to come in and take a they didn't say this but a real test you know come get an actual (laughs) pcr test and uh, she went in uh not an hour later or whatever and tested positive so you can't you know you can't trust completely the home test they're nice peace of mind i guess but science corner yeah (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so crystal is going in to get her test uh tomorrow from the medical trial that we're in because we did the oh nice the vaccine study so um, that's good i hope she doesn't have it you know i mean at least you guys are vaccinated and everything but it's still it's not fun i mean take it from me that you know Katie had it the last week, and it's it's not a fun thing to get. Even well, I would say back. Brian's test sam- our symptoms have been super mild, like totally not a big deal. So he awesome. a- and he got out of two finals. The lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, the t- two classes because it was it would happen like the the first day of finals. He tested positive, and two of the, two of his teachers were like, "Eh, don't worry about it. We'll just you're take good the, enough. We'll take the grade you got." <laughs> I'm like, okay, man. So is that what the kids are doing now? Having COVID parties right yeah, before yeah, finals? Yeah, right before finals. <laughs> it's the old, uh, it's the old uh, if your roommate dies of a suicide in college, you get a semester of A's. Yeah. Like, no, oh. that's the new thing. You ever see uh, Dead Man on Campus? Yeah, Dead Man on uh, Campus. That was the whole plot of it. It was okay. A's or yeah. I thought it was B's, but still. You basically pass without You pass everything to, if, you're, yeah, if, if your roommate commits suicide. I think it was if your okay. roommate dies, right? Like, it's. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I thought it was suicide because they're like actively trying to kill their <laughs> their roommate. Yeah, I was going to compare it to chicken pox, but okay, <laughs> sure that too. <laughs> it is a movie podcast, though. So. <laughs> but uh, so uh, oh, before we dig in, uh, shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. You can also uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers while you're there. Like the page, join the group, and you can also become a member of the League of Show Sharers simply by sharing an episode, which we greatly appreciate. People who were kind enough to share an episode this week, Chris Falls, Travis Tewitt, Chris Magicman, Brent Smith, Ralph Tribble, Gabriel Lugo, Tammy Sherman Powers, Heather Sachs, Lane LeVanway, Julianne Jordan, David Rojas, Edward Fairfax, Ronnie Castle, Chris Williams, Matt Neglia, Chris Wilson, uh, Ken Holtzhauser, Invasion of the Remake, Linda Wright, In Session Film, Binge Movies, Two Views Movies, Colby Mack, geek to me Radio, Ryan Terry from the Force of Crowd Podcast, Feel and Film, Cinema Recall, The Movie Journey Podcast, The Manic Pixie Weirdo Podcast, Spoiler Piece Theater, Collateral Cinema, Mike Mike and Oscar, and Vertigay 314. Also, he has a podcast called uh, It Pod to Be You, which I was actually on oh, uh, the nice. most recent episode. So. His podcast is all about uh, movies about falling in love. That's his sole is topic. That a, is that like your jam? Is that my jam? Yeah. Well, well Licorice Pizza is his jam. So I was like, oh, is that what the movie was? Oh, Licorice I'm Pizza. Sorry. And so, I'm with you. Yeah. So he asked <laughs> if I wanted. Unless it's the one podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I didn't know if like movies were like you know romantic movies is kind of like your yeah. like each episode like, he tackles is... a different <laughs> movie you, about six hundred plus episodes in. This is new information that I did not have. Yeah. about Tom's taste in movies. <laughs> I am so. Shocked. No wonder he doesn't like any of the movies we yes. talk about. We rarely talk about <laughs> <It was> romantic. <laughs> pretty much age of Adeline. Everything else sucked. Yeah, he 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 has put on the schedule that we're doing the new J Lo movie yes whatever that is where she falls in love with <laughs> owen wilson yeah oh boy Uh-oh. but uh but anyway since we didn't get around to licorice pizza if people want to hear at least one of us talk about it you can go over there and check out it pod to be you and finally uh don't forget we're on patreon patreon.com slash real spoilers where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and uh you help us out and that is greatly appreciated and all the screen movie the that we have one and two are up now. Well, three will be up by the time they're listening. Oh, okay. So three will be up with Matt Basler, which is always fun. Uh, and then four I'm working on. I think I've got four ready to go, and hopefully we'll have it out. It won't be out before this one, but you don't really need four for this. I mean, there's stuff from all there's of them. a but little bit, but not too yeah. much. Yeah. So uh, anyway, there's all that. Let's, uh, let's dig into Scream 5, Scream <laughs> Okay, so first, Tom, what did you think of this movie? I thought this was really good. I Yeah, okay. I All thought, right, we're going to be okay. I think if you like Scream movies, this does exactly what you would want from it. And I think that, and I remember liking the four. I, the only one I remember not really liking was the third one. Right, um, that's the, usually that's the, the, the least, weakest the of yeah. yes, the and series. Yeah. I remember the fourth one being really solid and just tanking hard. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, so the, there's a, there's a steady decline. Like if you look at the box office, the only reason I know this because I'm doing these episodes is one is the highest grossing, two is the second, three is the third, four is the fourth. So it's just diminishing returns. And yeah. I think uh, one, two, and four are all written by Kevin Williamson. Uh, three is not, and it's very obvious that it is not. Um, and so that's the difference with this one. So this one is not written by Kevin Williamson, but it feels like a Kevin Williamson scream movie. It's a little less funny. There's a little less humor, but yes, I would but agree with you. But there's plenty of humor in the movie. I mean, there's two two characters in particular are very yeah. funny, and so that's what I think really makes this movie solid. And I I really enjoyed it too. And uh, they did a really great job of keeping to in the spirit of the Scream movies and the Kevin Williamson style. It's ultra meta. It's ultra aware and self-referential. It's updated for modern times and it's funny and it's scary. So this movie feels like a Scream movie, even though, I mean, of course, you have the three lead characters come back. But other than that, you know, Wes Craven, rest in peace, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Scream 4 was his last movie, right? Uh, directed. Yes, I think so. So, uh, you know, they do a really nice job of honoring Wes in more ways than one by making a movie true to the spirit of the others and also by literally honoring him in the movie, throughout the movie. Yeah, uh, right. So they did a really great job. And these are the guys that wrote and directed Ready or Not. So uh, we all loved that movie on the podcast, directed by Matt Bettinelli Open, Tyler Gillette. Those are the co-directors. And yes. then uh, written by Guy Busick, who also wrote on Ready or Not. And then James Vanderbilt has a writing credit up for the screenplay of this as well. And his name was not on Ready or Not. So I'm not oh, sure. Oh, interesting. I wonder if they had a script that they re- that they 
retooled. He was born in 1975. Uh, he was a writer known for Zodiac, Independence Day Resurgence, Basic, which is a 2003 movie. So he's been around a while. So I wonder if he got pulled in somehow from the studio or something, or like you said, maybe had been developing it because it doesn't seem like he's a radio silence guy like the other. No, ones. it's a, there's a three of them. There's a three yeah. guys. Who are the but radio I mean, I don't guys. know if they have like friends that sometimes do stuff on crew with them. You know what I mean? Like they could have been like another guy that they pulled in from uh, working with them on something oh, sure, else. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But so it seems like he's the guy that they pulled into this. But the the other three guys are the Radio Silence guys who, of course, did stuff on the VHS movies and Ready or Not, which we all loved. Hats off to them for making a Scream movie, which pays tribute and is true to the, all the previous films, but also amps things up. I think the thing that people kind of forget about the Scream movies is much like the first Halloween there is the fir- in the first scream there's the opening scene with Drew Barrymore and her boyfriend that is uber violent right but that's like pretty much it that's it and it's not violent in the way that like you even see it happening you see I mean, the you, aftermath you do see of his, it well his guts do <laughs> when when the boyfriend is tied to the chair in the original cut when the now, there's killer a more turns gory lights, director's cut yes. too though that, that, well they, there was a theatrical cut that, yeah. where his guts fall out and then they were like hey that's not okay uh and then they re- okay, so they and redid they, it for home yes, video. Okay, yes. so so the one that most people saw wasn't even that gory, and then of right. course since DVD, like they've re put out that one. So other than that opening scene, but like this one, you see the stuff happening, and that's the yes. difference. Is aside from the opening of one, two, three, four. I mean, there's killing, there's violence, but you don't see the gore. And these guys clearly know how to do gore if you've seen their other work. Oh, yeah. And so they they made like this perfect amalgamation of, you know, the previous Scream movies. But then also for the horror and the gore lovers, they amped everything up. And this movie, I think, hands down, has the best kills of the entire series. There's there's some pretty pretty dope kills. That's, I mean, I just watched ones. all of them in a row and I'm like, I never saw anything like this in the other ones. Yeah. Well, okay, so in three, the issue they run into is Columbine. So they're they're filming that. It comes out in 2000, I think. uh, And the wine scenes are like, cut everything out. All the gore, all the violence, cut it all out. And Mm. it basically becomes a Scooby-Doo movie. Like, that's basically (laughs) what three is. Um, I'll tell you what, three, and I know that there's an episode out there with Matt F. Bassler, but um, (laughs) three, when you see the creepy producer guy who's spoilers (laughs) sexually assaulting his actors, (laughs) yep, that's a character in Scream 3. By a produced by by the the wine scenes. scenes. (laughs) Like, I, it is so. You want to talk about meta? It's, uh, yeah, it's so gross to watch. And then you got to think, like, they watch like the that. chili like, episode of the Bill Cosby show. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. It, seriously, it's the same kind of feeling. Yeah. And, like, I just kept thinking to myself, the Weinsteins clearly watched this and approved it and were watching, you know, they were supervising it and everything. So, like, ugh, just to think that, like, yeah. no one said anything or changed anything or thought, like, maybe, I don't know, it's just gross. It but, almost makes you wonder if it was kind of a dig. <laughs> well, that's Oh, what, it was uh, absolutely a dig. But that's, like, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm like, well, are they really kind of hiding that in there? But then I thought, how did he approve it? You know what I mean? Like, it's just a weird but thing. But what's he supposed to say? <laughs> well, I think I, on the podcast, too we much like say me. that he... <laughs> We guessed, Matt and I guessed, that it's probably he thought he was too powerful. And he was like, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. I don't care that it's in there. What are you going yeah. to do? You know, it's a movie. Who's going to believe you? 
But it is he weird. Was so you go power back drunk. Yeah. In current well, and times, and look how much Cosby talked about Spanish Fly, right? Like totally. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, and it was just like, oh, it's a joke. He talked about it in a book he wrote called Childhood. Like, right? I mean. Just yeah, I, forgot. I just the balls. Yeah, the Ugh. balls to do that. You know. So, the, but this movie, though, again, takes what you love if you're a fan of the yeah. Scream franchise, but then amps it up and delivers the gore that horror fans crave. Like, you know, you get the kills to where you know horror movies to me, and I'm not a huge horror guy. I've become one over the years because we've been covering them, and I've found a lot of the classics and everything. You know, a lot of it thanks to discussions with these guys and people online. Um, but to me, it seems like horror fans are all about the kills like oh this movie has great kills you know and this movie actually t- don't t- don't debate it i'm not arguing about this joe <laughs> i'm saying in general horror fans love good kills that's all i'm saying that's fair. and this movie delivers on the kills which is really great yeah uh i think if you if you're going into a halloween movie or it, d- it depends on the movie and the kills that and if you are expecting certain kind of kills i will tell you going into a scream movie i was not expecting the level of gore and intense violence and not in a bad way, but I just, that's not what I was expecting. So I appreciate it. And you know, we see that in ready or not that they can deliver that. Uh, I was not, I think these guys are, these are horror guys. That's what they do, right? VHS movies. You've seen, I mean, they, you've seen ready or not like these, these guys do horror and they, they are about the gore and the, the kills. And so they bring what they're really good at into this movie while also not changing, like it feels like a scream movie, right? It didn't feel yes, like, it, oh, this is a weird, like gory. They're movie. not using scream feel- characters to make a Halloween. Exactly, yeah. it feels like scream, but somehow when it comes to the ghost face kills, it's like, whoa, we've never seen kills like this. Right, right. People in this movie, people aren't getting stuck in a doggy door in a garage. Like people are so getting ridiculous. stabbed like, through it's the just throat, the and you see the knife <laughs> through their throat. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's the kills are different which I thought was a, a nice touch because one, you didn't expect it, but two, it's like times are different and you can show more stuff now. Like it used to be probably if you were to have kills like this, the You're rating, getting, this would not have they made might this X rated yeah, or something. This, you know what I mean? In, in 1996, if you put this out, this is not getting past the MPAA. R- right. The, like, you're, you're making some cuts, no pun intended. Exactly. So now yeah. it's like you can do that. So it's more to the time and what horror fans expect from these movies, not Scream, but of horror movies in general. And uh, these guys are really good at it. Yes. Yeah, so we'll just get into it. Uh, this movie opens back in Woodsboro, which is the place uh, that uh, Scream 1 and Scream 4 take place. I think mm-hmm. Scream 2 is in a college and Scream 3 is in Hollywood. So people call this the Woodsboro Trilogy. I mean, I guess that makes sense. 1, 4, and, and 5. And they're just, ma- you know. Yeah, if you want to stay in Woodsboro. But yeah. one of the things I will say about this franchise is there is not another horror franchise that has stuck with the final girl, quote unquote, this many times. <laughs> the yeah. fact that Nev Campbell has been in every single one of these movies uh, and Courtney Cox as well and David Arquette are the three that have stuck around the longest uh, is kind of impressive. Like as far as continuity goes. Well, because she's not a final girl. There's multiple she's survivors, yeah. so you can't really... She's your main character, but she's not your final girl. But that's So that's also how Kevin Williamson flipped the script, though, and sure. obviously won't yep. go into all those Scream movies, but that's the thing, is that 
he rebooted horror kind of i mean he scream was like another resurgence it was fresh right yeah horror was dead in 1996 and he brought it back by being meta and self-referential and and re-watching the movies i mean scream i have i've seen scream one a million times scream two i had seen once scream three i had seen once scream four i couldn't even remember i think i saw it once before my rewatch you know so like i love and well, we weren't no- doing the show when that came out were we it was no. 2011 Oh, okay. When I went back and watched them all, even the first one, watching it as I was older and everything, I'm like, man, these movies have always been so super meta. And yeah. in 96, people weren't writing movies like that. No. And he, you know, you know Kevin Williamson had a really good ear for uh, teenagers, right? Like the dude wrote Dawson's Creek, which was mm-hmm. one of, when I was a teenager, like that was the big show. Dawson's Creek played at oh man what did they play Buffy I think it was Buffy and Dawson's Creek were like the two shows that were playing back to back that were massive uh, for people my age how did he not get those people in the movie like why so he does get oh Oh, I know he gets Buffy but I'm saying like James Vanderbeek isn't James in these Vanderbeek movies was too big (laughs) yeah that's it Katie Holmes was in disturbing behavior Vanderbeek was varsity blues and then scream Two. you do get Buffy and Joshua Jackson yeah but for like hey uh, can you be on set for like 30 minutes okay yeah. cool thanks bye <laughs> yeah um so this one starts just like the the original one uh we're introduced to a character named tara and she's tara carpenter and, correct and there are i mean if you go back and look at these there's a reason uh you know Stu's last name is meeker and billy's last name is loomis like these are all halloween characters Stu mocker did I say Meeker? Meeker? Oh, maybe because Sheriff Meeker's in Halloween for it doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway. Stu Mocker, yeah. Uh, so it's the exact same setup. Um, she gets a phone call, and of course, this is the first meta aspect where uh, the the voice is talking about '80s horror and slashers, and she was like, "Oh, I kind of like the elevated stuff, like you know, what's your favorite scary movie, The Babadook?" And of course, a a person of her age would like the Duke, right? Like that's, that's to the horror that she is introduced to. She doesn't know Freddy or Jason or Leatherface or Pinhead and all that stuff. Which, which I think this is such a great discussion because what do horror people hate? This, this when is the people discussion. say this, this, I mean, the, again, obviously these guys writing it are so, it, they live in it, right? They're younger and they live in this. They love horror movies and everything. And people that, you know from talking to them from talking to joe from talking to ryan terry people hate elevated horror it's like what is that that's not stop don't call it elevated horror all horror can be good don't be like oh this is so artsy so it's the elevated like there's good horror in all ranges of the genre i i I will say i am of the mind that there are certain horror films that are above other ones right like there are smarter ones and then there are dumber ones yeah. doesn't mean either of them are bad it just means that some of them are smarter than others but and that's the thing call is that elevated that, that's fine yeah right. i don't like elevated because it's because it means there's a snobbery about it i always that's the, yes. i always look at it more as like art house horror like it's yeah it's it's trying to scare you in a different way and so it it and it's using more psychological terror and ambiance and they're using maybe the wrong terminology right like yeah we understand what they mean it is more like art yeah. house but when you say elevated then it makes it seem like you're saying oh well so halloween 78 sucks it's a piece of garbage because it's not <laughs> yeah. smart you know what i mean like <laughs> right no, right right that's totally great, totally it's like halloween 78 is a masterpiece yep so it's a perfect come, movie don't come in here saying that elevated horror just because hereditary is more artistic and that's a great movie too but like that doesn't mean hereditary is so much better than 
Halloween. They're different. Is it better than Friday the 13th part four? Yes. Yes. But that's a different movie. That's a different kind of movie. So this conversation's great. And uh, the, this, what I really like about this scene is that they, are doing the meta self-referential thing. They reference Stab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the movies are, have always, are. they're really good about referencing the movie within a movie type thing. Yeah. Um, but they also update a lot of things with this, which I like, and they kind of flip the script on you. So like you think you're kind of getting the same thing as the first movie, but also she doesn't die, right? So like that's the first thing where someone always dies in the beginning of these movies. Yeah, well, it's always a, uh, I mean, it's always a popular uh, the Janet Lee aspect, right? So nobody expected Drew Barrymore to die. Spoilers uh, in the first one, and then the second one, it's Jada Pickett Smith and Smith and Omar Epps, I think. And in the third one, it's Cotton Weary. And in the f- I don't remember that. But I the, fourth the fourth one, one but the fourth one is not- fourth one's like the movie within a movie. Yeah, within a movie that's, gag, it, <laughs> which which I think is brilliant, and that's why when it, I watch it's, it's Kristen Bell and Anna Paquin for the movie within the movie. Yeah, right, right, for right, Stab right. Seven or whatever it is. Yeah. So you don't really get knowns that die. That's just movie actors that die right so like that's the thing though kevin williamson comes back for four and again he does all that brilliant meta commentary that with the we see in the first two and then this one captures that perfectly even without him the spirit is there uh but they they surprise you right so you're like oh well this girl's gonna die clearly right and she doesn't and and they definitely set it up like she does they cut you know she's she's getting stabbed three or four times in the back and then it cuts to the scream logo and you're like okay you just assume, you know, as 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 you assume with these screen movies, you're like, well, we've lost that character. She'll come back later as something else. Ghostface asks the questions, so he redoes the thing. For, he but he references the killer in the first movie, right? So he's like, yeah, you know, they played a game, and you know, do you want to play a game? And well, he's not the saw guy, saw. but you, you get the. This <laughs> is like so. So he does the three questions thing. She fails, and he has a video clip that he sent. I'm saying he, they, you know, Ghostface is a who yeah. knows who spoilers. They are. It's they. Yeah, so they... It's always a they. they uh, not in, not three. in three. So it's... There's one killer in three. That's yeah, what they... So that, okay, so in three, it was supposed <laughs> to be two, and then they changed it. Three is... Spoilers, three is Scott Foley as Sydney's brother. It was supposed to be Emily Mortimer and Scott Foley, but they cut Emily Mortimer from the movie. It's the movie director guy. That's the only killer in three. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, which was, I mean, that kind of subverted expectations in three is, you know, the movie isn't that great overall. It's okay, but it's like, hey, there weren't two killers. So they send a video clip of of Tara's friend Amber, and yeah. they, they like, they're watching Amber through a window. They have a knife up, and, you know, they're like, answer these questions right, or else she's going to die. She answers it wrong. And basically, they say it's killing time. And, uh, and so you get that aspect of it so which is also a red herring for the whole thing right as so. as scream does it red herrings all around right so you know i, I should we spoil it up front so we can talk about it later uh just, sure it's it's i mean well at least half of it should we spoil half right here so that amber is one of them amber's one of the killers right so yeah that's they throw that at you right away it's like oh well there's a guy with a knife and she's getting ready and he's gonna go kill her okay well she can't be the killer um and then they introduce a lot of technology stuff, which is cool, I think, w- for the update, right? So, I was going like, to ask you, Tom. We, we've said before that like you, you don't think we could do a slasher flick in 2021 because of all of the technology. How do you think they handled it here? As like, oh, maybe we can do this. 
What do you, I don't remember that conversation. Well, like it was kind of like you said that like everybody has a cell phone now, or it, it, you can only do like I don't have service for so long when you're not gonna ha- you know everywhere is gonna have service. So it's just like I'm getting I, you. It's one phone call, and you're like, well, "Hey, can you come to my house and stop this guy from killing me?" And then the movie's over. But they're smart. They're smart because in this one, it's her parents' house, and her parents have a landline. I mean, there's. I mean, twenty years from now, can you do that? Probably not. You know, like I don't think our generation is going to keep landlines for another <laughs> twenty years. But I mean, I have a landline now. But for her, but for her parents, I mean, that's. I think that was a pretty good solution where it's like, yeah, yeah. that's almost like her grandparents. I mean, I'm 51. I have kids this age and I don't have a landline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this... that's what I'm, but like hanging they're the last people with landlines are hanging on, you know, or, but her generation won't have one. They introduced this technology. They have, uh, smart doors right so go that was space. a good gag yeah go, i mean you've never had to deal with stuff like this before oh she locks the door she's safe right no there's a there's an app on her phone we see that Ghostface. he says that amber <laughs> left her phone out and he cloned they the cloned. cloning of the cell phone the fact that that they bring that back from scream one yeah <laughs> yeah it's like so, a, as a thing like there's an easter egg for you but he says yeah. oh we cloned her phone right so if he can clone phones they clearly know technology and can somehow hack the smart doors right so they're unlocking and locking doors so i like that they added these updated elements because in my mind i never would have thought of like oh crap some people have smart doors right and if you hack that the killer can just open your door like that's a thing to make modern audiences scared because i bet you people in the audience with smart doors were like uh i thought it was safe you know so not safe not safe at all so how do the cops show up why do the cops show up uh didn't she didn't she hit the panic button didn't she hit the panic button on her phone i well but the phone was getting hacked the whole time so i couldn't really tell like the police show up did she was she able to actually hit it i think there's a scene where you see her hit the like panic button okay well i want to bring I want to bring this back up when we talk about police response times. Oh, so carry on. Good call, because there's a scene. <laughs> mm, yeah, we'll get there. But I, I liked this movie a lot, but there are some things. Which there's I'm a couple not tr- things. I'm not trying yeah. to be nitpicky, but there's some things that don't make sense from a timeline, like I realistic perspective. But okay. So, and we know, we'll, and we know, and we, and we know how small Woodsboro is. That's right. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's a okay. small town. Travel distances. <laughs> my, my question was, how many cops does this small town have? That's also <laughs> a that great la- question. And that final scene is the is the emts are walking in the house i counted like i think at least five cops and and they've already killed what three of them <laughs> correct <And> so, <laughs> just like that's a lot of police officers for a little for tiny a, town. For a sleepy california town yeah uh so then we flash to modesto texas and we're in modesto california and we're introduced to sam and she's working in a bowling alley and uh she's not she's okay but you can definitely tell that she is troubled if you will uh, and then we're introduced to Huey. Her boyf- yeah, Huey. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Dewey. But yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> he is Huey on, on the boys. Jack um, Quaid, MVP Jack Quaid, of this movie. He's I, so good. <laughs> I liked him in that first. I haven't watched the second season, but I liked him in the first season. He is going to be the voice of Superman uh, in the new animated stuff. He's really good. He is I mean, I love him on The Boys, but he is so hilarious in this movie. Uh, he's character number one when you talk about the comedy factor and everything. Like, his delivery, I mean, the lines are are written really funny, but, like, his delivery throughout this whole film of being the guy that's like, nope. Like, you know, playing <laughs> yeah. that, like, uh, no. <laughs> Which is interesting 
he's always the one that's like, uh, we're going this way. We're going yeah. that, you know, well, why I mean, that, would we do that? The one that killed me in the, the the theater and Ryan was with me and we both were cracking up. Uh, one, two, three, absolutely <laughs> not street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that that was such, a good one. Yes, that is that's, such that's a great good. line and the way yeah. he delivers it. So he's great in this. Jack Quaid, the son of Dennis Quaid, if you didn't know. And Meg Ryan, right? And Meg Ryan, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're having a conversation and they are, uh, you know, she's trying to get her stuff together and she gets a phone call and we find out that the girl who was attacked uh in the beginning of the movie was sam's sister uh this to me as soon as they say that like mom's out of town i was like well mom's nev campbell that's what we're doing oh yeah that's where i, I thought was, we were going yeah. is like you know well, who, why else would they be attacking i did think uh, that at first too yeah i th- was thinking that until like just the timeline didn't make sense because the last one was 12 years ago or 11 years ago Oh, and she, she didn't she have a have kid a, in that movie. That's fair. That's a good point. That's a good point. We should mention that Tara, the sister that was attacked, is Jenna Ortega. She's going to be in the movie X, which is the um, Ty West's new horror movie. She's, oh. the lead, she's the lead of his movie, okay. and then okay. she's one of the leads in this, so I guess she's... Ty, you know, Ty West is tight with the Radio Silence guys because of... VHS movies. VHS, yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, so she... And then uh, Samantha Carpenter, who the older sister here is melissa barrera okay just to get the uh, actors names because there's a lot of newcomers in this one there are she gets the phone call from wes hicks yeah. who what who we find out is the son of a the legacy deputy character, judy deputy judy and now yeah. she's sheriff judy uh, yes which is but, just, I, I i do you know when we when we meet these other characters the twins who are the um the gal the 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 gal is on yellow jackets She's the younger version of like that state senator on Yellow Jackets. Oh, is she? Yeah, and then I don't know who the other guy is, but they are the niece and nephew of he Randy. Was in Booksmart. Oh, is he in Booksmart? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they are the niece niece and nephew of Randy uh, from Scream One and Two, which is like <laughs> this is kind of fun how they're just like you're this guy and you're gonna be related to this guy. I like it because it's a small town. You know, people yeah, no, don't generally sense. move out of small towns, and if they're all around the same age, right? We've met Randy's sister. We meet Randy's sister in Scream Three. But I mean, the characters in the first movie all went to high school together, so they're Correct. all the same age. It would lead you to believe that people could be having kids around the same age and all that. So it's just it's cool the way they're connecting it. Um, but you're right; like that sister shows up for one scene in Scream. Was it Scream <laughs> yeah, Three? Scream Three, where she gives him the videotape that Randy made to explain the rules of a trilogy. Yeah. So they yeah. actually so they actually bring her back. So you've got that through line that it's like actually the same actor playing Randy's sister. I kind of love the giant mural to Jamie Kennedy. I know on the, on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, so and Dylan Minnette is the kid that plays Wes Hicks and aptly named Wes, and we see yeah. why they named him Wes. Uh, but he's been in a ton of stuff. He was in Prisoners. He Wasn't was in he in Let, Don't Breathe? He was in Don't Breathe. He was in Let Me In. So like this kid's been around and in some horror stuff. So you definitely would know. Is him. he the kid from Thirteen Reasons Why? I never oh, watched that one. Maybe, but he is the kid from yes, Goosebumps. Thirteen Reasons Why. You're right. And Goosebumps. Yeah. Yes, he's the kid in Goosebumps. That's that's the one that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. This is where we meet the friend group where it's it's Wes and it's the uh the twins and like the twin the the boy twins girlfriend and Mindy and Chad are the twins. So Mindy, Mindy is played by Jasmine Savoy Brown and Chad is Mason Goodling or okay. sorry Mason Gooding. And we also meet Amber 
who you may recognize from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. She has a, a the two times we've seen this poor girl, uh, <laughs> she is running around on fire. She's the one that was like the the really headstrong one that went in to uh-huh. kill. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was supposed and to kill gets, Sharon Tate. And she gets lit up with a blowtorch. See, that's a funny touch that they did that again. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> We are led to believe that there is definitely Tara is part of this group and Sam has left. And we don't know why Sam has left, um, but she has left for a while. We, uh, six months, I think. She's been gone for a while. Uh, and we don't know why. And so, Tara views it and her friends view it as a, just abandoning her for no reason. And she was kind of a wild child um, with drugs and partying and getting in trouble but we so find just, out spoilers. The reason why is dun dun dun. Okay, no wait. Before we get into that, hmm. when they show Billy Loomis, mm-hmm. is, did they do the Disney thing with him? They had to, right? Yeah, they they yeah, because there's a filter on him. He looked like Billy yeah. Loomis from Scream One. They did a good job. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because my sister saw it and she was like, "That's a completely different person." Because apparently he's on what's the Archie show, Riverdale. Oh, okay. he's on Riverdale and doesn't yeah. look like that. <laughs> and I was like, right. well, they probably, you know, uh, the de-aging technology was used pretty masterfully here. Yeah. Um, so this is the first hint that Sam is related to somebody. We see Billy Loomis pop up in a vision uh, in like a mirror. And that was I got to tell you. It was I was a little shocked. I did not expect to see yeah. that character pop I mean, it's, up. It's Skeet Ulrich. It's really him, and they did a good in job. The, he's got the hair. He's got like the the, the ninety six hair and the he's white got the white t shirt, white t shirt, parted hair down the middle. Yeah, yeah it's it's very nineties. <laughs> uh, and he kind of you know we he kind of hints at oof, to hell with it. It she is Billy Loomis's daughter, and that's the reason uh, that she left town. She finds these diaries. Uh, up in the attic and realizes that their mother, I guess, cheated. I guess ski. I guess Billy cheated on Sydney with someone in Woodsboro, and she got pregnant and had Sam. I tend to believe that Billy was cheating or sleeping with a lot of people. You know, I mean, we don't really think that Billy. Bl- cared about sydney he had an agenda right so like it's not like yeah. there's some people that are like oh billy would never cheat on sydney it's like no <laughs> that, that whole thing was just a plot well to, that's that that's the question right he like, would kill did, her right so right yeah like <laughs> well did that, that i guess that's that's always been the question is did billy start dating sydney knowing who she was and knowing what his what her mother had done or did he get involved with sydney after he found out what her mother had done i think you just asked the same question twice and the answer is yes i'm saying did, <laughs> like, i'm saying did he, were they, did t- he were pick they together her because of who she was or was it happenstance yes because when we yeah. get to scream three we know that this is so stupid this is a podcast when we get to scream three <laughs> we find out that scott foley gave billy loomis the information about what maureen prescott sydney's mom did that forced <laughs> mrs loomis to leave woodsboro and change billy's life yeah this is so like this is confusing the guy in, the guy in scream three ghost face in scream three got billy to kill the mom 
And yes. then Billy formulated on his own a crazy plan to date Sydney and to kill her. Okay. So okay. he did date her because of this, and he knew that Sydney's mom ruined his family, you know, from his point of view and all that. So he's playing uh, the long game. And so, yeah, so, so that's the thing, because he even says it in Scream 3. He's like, I got him to do all this stuff, and then I didn't expect him to have his own plan to do all the stuff that we see in Scream 1. So the two are separated, right? So they kind of retcon it in a way to where it's like, oh, the director set set up the killing of the mom, but he did not set up Stu and Billy. That was Billy's right. own. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we find out that she is the... There is a scene in Scream 1 where Randy lays out the rules about why Billy's the killer, and it never made sense why they were in the movie theater and why they were in the movie in the video store. If you go back and watch it now, Billy is actively flirting with or hitting on another girl in that theater or in that movie store and the theory is that that is sam's mom yeah but it's speculation again yeah i think that he was you know he didn't really care about sydney and he wasn't getting getting any from sydney as we saw in the movies like i think he was just sleeping with whoever was around he didn't care and he got a girl pregnant yeah and then that girl had sam and then uh, and so Sam there was a blows up the marriage. Well, there's a traumatic moment to where you know Sam found these diaries and then yelled at the mom, "You lied to me. You never told me who my real father was." Blah blah blah. And then didn't realize that with all the fighting and stuff, like the dad had walked in and was right behind her, and the dad didn't even know. So right. the dad found out, you know, abruptly like that, and his whole life he had been lied to. So that's why he left. And so it's interesting that you kind of see they're they're doing a really good job of mirroring what happened in the it's, original yeah. movie because now sh- they lost a dad who left town because of a cheating or a lying mom which is a total mirror of sydney and her parents and so they do a really good job of like creating that through line this, and, as good as i think that we all thought that the first how the halloween 2018 was one of the better quote-unquote requels that they've done uh, I think this is on the level of the 2018 Halloween as far as like tying everything back to that first movie. Yeah, they do. They both do a really good job. I agree, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, so and I would say I I would say the level of difficulty is greater here because Halloween 2018 worked by basically canning. Yeah, that's a great 45 point. movies. This you know movie I mean? makes all four uh, previous films canon. So yeah, this yeah, is it's literally the, it's a fifth a, movie in the series. Yeah, this isn't like we're going to go back to Scream. This is a direct sequel to Scream 1. And I this think is, yeah. I think that Halloween, for instance, did that to clean up the mess and to make it easier. And to these guys' credit, they did not do that. And especially with the They fifth, also had a lot fewer movies to contend with. Yeah, they only had with. four to deal with. And, and Scream took a, a lot... We, f- didn't take as many weird turns as the Halloween <laughs> franchise. Totally, has, but so. it would have been really yeah, I, easy to make a. It would have been. Yeah, that would have been up. the easy route. And so they yeah. they and plus for the fans like to this series, this entire series credit each sequel and like Joe said with Sydney being that through line and, and all three of the leads, you know, the returning legacy characters being in each one. This series never went and said, "Oh no, this person was really this," or like, "Oh, this didn't happen" or "This didn't exist." Like each sequel has carried on and. Uh, all the you know damage has added up throughout the series and they continued with that which is challenging and i think for the fans is really great that they don't have to say like oh well my favorite whatever doesn't count anymore whatever the movie that had the best killer the characters i liked oh well it didn't exist so you know it's kind of cool the way they do it 
I think that, I think it also helps that the worst Scream movie is better than about eighty percent of the Halloween movies. Oh yeah, like Scream oh, Three, right? Scream Three, right. Scream oh, Three is no. the worst one, but it's not even a bad movie. That's the thing, right? It's kind of like how we talk about Marvel. It's the Thor Dark World of Scream movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is the weakest link in the Scream franchise, but it's not Friday the Thirteenth. Jason goes. Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, there are some right, really right. clever, good ideas in three. Like three, even though it's not Kevin Williamson, it still did have some of the same ideas and spirit it carries on with the meta stuff it's it's messier but it's, it's still... a different kind of meta yeah so we get our characters back into woodsboro um there's a moment between sam and tara where uh sam kind of drops the bomb on her and she tells her to get out and i don't want to see you uh and then the killings start again so we kind of we we talk to uh the twins randy's niece and nephew and they lay out the rules for the requel, like the rebooted sequel. Well, Vince dies they... first. I mean, we got to talk about. Oh, I guess order that's true. We do. So they leave the hospital. Uh, they go to Am- the bar. Amber says, "Let's leave her alone. She needs time to rest." Right. So Amber right. gets everybody out of there, except for uh, Jack Quaid. Richie yep. stays with his girlfriend Sam and Tara. Right. right. So they leave and they go to a, a pool hall. Uh, we see uh, Vince, who's this guy that... Like uh, the skeezy dude. Yeah, and uh, one of the girls... You, in the f- not Morgan Wallen. <laughs> what was... Uh, it was the, who's it was the, the other girl? Liv. Tw- the, Liv. The two twins' girlfriend. Liv, who's dating chad chad she, she messed around with this guy the previous year before she was with chad and so he's kind of stalking her outside of school and they see him at the pool hall they get into an altercation he flashes a knife at chad who's like i'm gonna introduce him to hobbs and shaw that was a funny line <laughs> like I, I i like the some of these lines are really silly and fun uh but anyway so they all get kicked out of there and we see vince peeing in an alley by himself and then you know really tense moment car lights turn on it's it, and, and we get this first kill which which is this i think what like to me out of all of the kills the one the the one legacy character that we lose was pretty in, pretty intense but this one is so fast and so like you know sometimes the the ghost face will it's a it's a lead up right like it's a 5 minute lead up to to the mm-hmm. kill this one he just like walks up and like sticks him in the neck and walks away and i was like that's more unnerving than any of the other kills in this movie just because it's so nonchalant well like he just like sick and then he walks away well we already got an idea from that first scene even though tara doesn't die so he stomps on her leg and breaks her bone yeah and then he goes to put the knife down to stab her she puts her hands up and it goes through the hand like we've never seen anything like that before so like this ghost face and I mean, you can say this is a different ghost face. They all are. But it's like, I think that's also to their credit. It's like, yeah, each ghost face isn't going to kill the same way. So this is a much more just murder happy. Like He's also not as vaude. What's the vaudeville? Yeah, he's not as vaudevillian, right? Like in the other movies, the, uh, the, the, the ghost face has been super animated and like bouncing all over the place. And he, you know, uh, like a very much a stunt performer where this one has kind of like a Michael Myers cadence to they him made him where scarier. he's very he's very deliberate in what he's doing and he's not like you know they made ghost the, face hit the balls scarier, the beer right bottle. 
like the yeah, other movies yeah. are scary they have horror elements but this ghost phase they they took away that slapstick element which was fun in the other movies but this one was more intimidating to where you were like oh crap and and you see it from right from this first kill like you say joe like he comes in stabs in the neck and just walks starts away. bleeding out <laughs> yeah so so now that the kill is start like now they realize oh vince was dun 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 was Stu's was nephew. Stu's nephew which i was like the okay the fact that they keep referencing Stu, and i was like well he's got to come i mean it's got to be matthew lillard right like he has to come back they're they're at Stu's house at the end of this movie like that's Stu's, uh, which was nephew. a great reveal because they never show the house here's the here's the problem kevin i've watched that movie so many times as soon as they walked in the house and i was like well that's the staircase that's like i knew exactly where they were but okay so i think the diehards know yeah but the, my I sister the also knew where, knew where we were the entire time but they as hit as it they the the party the lights are out there's lights going on like they i think they did a really good job of being close up when they get to Stu's house that we don't know Stu's house yet so like they did a really good job of hiding it for unless you're just like an uber super diehard you know yeah just the way as soon as they walk in and then you look to the side and it's the same setup that they had in the first movie with the couch and the and the big arch yes i knew exactly where they were and i was like well this is it like this has to be this character there's no other option um so anyway so so they they realize yeah this is where they the killings are happening there's a connection so they lay out the rules just like their uncle would have Right, and they basically like you're going to lose your leg. You bring in your legacy characters and people who are related to those characters, and those people are not safe. And I, was I mean, like, we can't skip over. I mean, at this point, they've gone and they've gotten Dewey. That's true. Which because, I think is he to me is the second MVP because this is a very different Dewey than we've ever gotten in these movies. Dewey I don't think I've always, ever seen David Arquette this good. Like he is so good in this movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Doofy has Doofy. Well, that's pretty spot on for the entire character of, of Dewey. Yeah, they did he's, make he's him kind a, of a goofball a, with the heart of gold. They took away Dewey being a joke, like a gag that he's a, a goofball, right? Because he's a broken the, man now. The, the scary movie movies make fun of him because they were essentially making fun of him in the real movies and they really amp it up and like he's a big doofus and this movie you like you said he's broken he's obviously been through some troubles he lives in a trailer he's not the sheriff anymore and four he's the sheriff and now you know he doesn't so it's like what happened to him and uh basically sam and richie's well sam says we need to go to someone who knows what's going on and the only person of the three that lives in town still is dewey is Dewey and he ba- he gives them the deal and he was like how long you know talking about Richie how long have you known him he, know, he like, throws it out there right from the beginning like, it's always the love interest and of course they do a, they hit you with that and they do a great job of distancing Richie spoilers Richie's the other killer <laughs> uh, of keeping Richie at a distance and making him be like I'm not going in there or I'm not doing that the you know one two three absolutely not like you know driving away getting out of woodsboro he's the one who's always like i've never seen these stab movies and we see him watching the Man, movies they do such a great <laughs> job again like kudos to the writing and he plays it well like he plays yes. it very like very likable yeah, yeah. oh yeah he's so i mean because when, when i was watching the movie even before i knew the reveal i'm just like i love him he's the best character and not that, that necessarily changes things but like he was a favorite not the killer guy to me in my mind throughout the movie right and i'm just like he's so good he's so likable he's so funny um but the way that they write it like you said joe i mean they drop all these little hints to where in the room 
we think that he's watching the stab movies because he says earlier i've never seen him and now there's this killer supposedly recreating them he's like i want to be prepared right but now we know he's some crazy diehard lunatic that like just gets off on toxic fandom yeah you know i mean we'll get there but like exactly what it is he's watching them because he can't help himself because he is such a diehard fan of these movies that he's living in one and also watching them at the same time right right and i do i that was a good head fake as far as like the uh advertising people is because they release that silver mask when we see them doing the preview Mm -hmm. or the james a janice from the dead meat podcast which is very good if you haven't checked that out uh when they're kind of railing on scream eight or stab eight uh we see like a silver mask and it's a very different stab movie yeah but they released an image of that silver mask and they were like people were just like oh my god they're changing it they're doing blah 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 well they're not that was a mask from stab eight not scream five i don't understand how any diehard fans of this series knowing how much they reference a movie within a movie would not automatically just go hold on they're clearly not going to make the stab or the the ghost face mask chrome like that's got to be from a stab movie like, i don't know i just think that that seems obvious having just watched i, all I the agree movies. with you but i also think in the 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 requel world we live in maybe you know we don't know like what they were you know like, yeah. we don't know no maybe. i get it but knowing what we know about these guys who when they were hired we said they're going to treat this franchise yeah. right yeah 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 for but sure. anyway they lay out the rules uh sam i think is this where she says that she's billy loomis's daughter to the to everybody because she gets I, up and leaves i don't remember if she says i don't think she i think tells she i think then, she but i think, I think she does because they're like you're a legacy character you're related to you're like you're on the list oh no they accuse her of being the killer that's right. what it is no, yeah yeah so yeah. the so it's Mindy, really. Chad isn't really the Randy character. Mindy is just like her uncle, and yeah. she goes through the rules and she talks about uh, requels and 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 she explains the whole thing like basically. So, Stab Eight is a requel, and that's why fans are mad about it, and it's changed things. And we're watching in real life us. <laughs> we're watching a requel, and so she's going through defining the movie that we're watching again. This great meta commentary, like Kevin Williamson did, mm-hmm. and so she says anything can happen. The leg they bring in the legacy characters point to Dewey. Anything anyone can die, right? Though you can kill the legacy characters in these movies, and we come to see that. And then also, it could be, uh, you know, like the person you think is the final girl could die like right you know or could be the killer so they're talking about the rules change in requels which we're watching and so sam obviously gets very upset because her sister was almost killed someone almost tried to kill her in the hospital and now her friends are accusing her of being the killer so she walks out of there this is where we get the another clip of billy in the in the rear view mirror where he's just, you know, he Billy is off his rocker. This is this is Billy at the end of Scream, where he's just like, just go in there and gut them all and stab him. He's like, she's like, you know, I'm not like you, blah blah blah. Um, so then we get introduced, not introduced, but, but I thought Wes, he gave her more of a pep talk. I remember him being like, hey, let's find this killer, whoever's doing this, and let's get him. I don't remember him being like, hey, just go kill your friends because you're crazy. I thought he was like, hey, we're gonna we're going to put an end to this thing. She's, and we're gonna... She says, I'm not like you. And she's, and he's like, you're just like me. Yeah. And it's, you know, gives him the whole, like she, maybe, and maybe right. Like there, this is the other red herring where it's like, maybe, maybe we don't know. Maybe. Right. Like maybe it's one of those subconscious things. We've seen that in other movies recently yeah. where it's like, does she know she's the killer? If she's seeing Billy and she does have a problem, 
you know, they didn't go this route, but it, it makes you think as the viewer, well, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there's two of them. Could be. Yeah. Uh, so then we're, we, we meet deputy, uh, or sheriff Judy and her son, Wes. And this is a pretty good like little head fake. This is the scene that Kevin and I were talking about <laughs> as far as like response time, um, where, Judy is driving to get sushi or, or something and Ghostface kills her and says, I'm going to, I'm going to kill your son. Well, he calls her. Yeah. does the on whole her cell thing. phone, does the thing. And she's driven again, small town. She's driven a few blocks away at this point. <laughs> and, and he says, Those well, big, big blocks. The next, the next time you see your son, he's going to be dead. So she puts her sirens on. She does a U-turn. She gets home. Meanwhile, Wes is taking a shower upstairs. His phone is, you know, by the sink. So it's not anywhere near him. And, she comes running to the door. I think this is a good surprise kill. I mean, they don't linger on it. They don't make you wait. No. Uh, he, he's not stalking her. I mean, she runs to the door. He walks out of nowhere. Boom. But we should say at this point, she's already called for backup. Okay. Yes. The the, the police you. chief of this town Thank has says, called Go to my for house. backup. <laughs> the, <laughs> and nobody the, shows up. The sheriff. <laughs> The boss of all these cops yeah. says, I need backup at my house right now in this small town. So, yes, thank you. She drives home. Right. He kills her instantly, but we do get some lingering of her dying and bleeding out, whatever. Okay. So, at this point, now we go back to Wes. He sees he has a missed call from his mom. I mean, this is, I, and I, I like and hate this because I think the, the head fakes in this scene are fantastic. That's the new jump scare. But it also goes on for five or six minutes. Right. Meanwhile, the sheriff 10 minutes ago called for backup at her house <laughs> yeah. and no cops show up between right. that time. It, it makes no sense. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of also, I, I think if I'm right and, and Wes is standing at the front door and he has those windows, he probably should have seen his mom's body. Probably. I mean, I think they were like small, like stained when, you know, it wasn't like either way. Super clear. Yeah, right, but right. most bathroom windows have some sort of, opacity so people can't see you that makes sense but but i know what you mean though because i didn't know it was going to go linger on all the fakes and and i did really like all the fake outs because i thought he was going to look at the front door and like open it and there she would be i did not expect the whole this is the stalking part right and so yeah he's going and he's getting their sushi plates out and everything for the food his mom is picking up getting (laughs) the wasabi out of the pantry or the fridge getting the plates set like everything is a head fake of the close the fridge door there should be the killer which is the new head fake right like that's the new jump scare where we're going to open a door into yeah. another door, and then there's not going to be anything behind yeah. it. Like, it was that's great. The new, it, that's the new and thing. It, it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going. Meanwhile, it's insane. No one from the police <laughs> nobody, has shown up yet. And nobody else has called him. Yeah. But then, right. and then Ghostface, Ghostface, shows, Ghostface up shows up. Yeah. And slowly stabs him through the throat. Was this the neck one that you see? This is the neck one where it okay. comes yeah. in one and out the other side. I mean, this was another kill where you just don't see this, especially not in the screen movies, but like close up. Yeah. No cuts. None. Knife nope. through the throat, sitting yep. in the throat and out the other side. And he's, you know, blood coming out of the mouth and all that stuff. I mean, this is a great kill. Yeah. It's a really good one. So now we're lose. We've lost uh, Wes and his mom. And Deputy okay. Judy from Scream 4 is now gone. Yeah. So, and Sam drives up, right? Like, she sees all the sirens and then she, she drives shows past up. it. And then we, this is what, so we should say that Dewey reached out to Sid and Gail. Uh, the Sydney reveal is good. I think that showing her and not putting her, I think that was the detriment of scream four is she kind of goes front and center and takes the, the heat off of Kirby played by Hayden Panettiere, who I think would, I would have loved for her to come back in this movie, but that's not the case. She's a great character. I, she's my favorite part of four. Yeah. Um, so like, I think having her having Sydney show up 
the last half hour, 40 minutes of this movie, I think was the smart thing. Well, they Scream 3 did, right? Isn't that what 3 is? Well, She's like not in the movie. Only the because end. they didn't have her initially. So they rewrote that script to write Sydney out. And then on, you know, Wes asked her to come back. So if you watch that, she's in it like they, they get her for like two weeks. But either and way, that's, that's what they did here, too. It's still yeah. the same, whether it's because, I mean, and I mean, from what she said in interviews, it was the same thing. They didn't have her. She didn't want to do another movie without Wes. And the Radio Silence guys wrote her a letter, a really nice letter about how much they wanted to honor Wes. They said in the movie how they honor Wes and his legacy in these films. And they did such a good job convincing her that she agreed to be in it. But she didn't agree to come back and be the lead, like the main character. Right. And she, she's not. Yeah. She does the same thing as three. She shows up later on in the movie. We see her not secluded, but now just living her life of her own somewhere else yeah Um, Um, but i thought it was really touching one is a nice conversation between sid and dewey and they've always been close dewey shows up to college that people seem to forget is like dewey's sister had her head squished in part one (laughs) sid's best friend was dewey's sister right right uh, right but but so dewey and sid have always been close and two he shows up at college just to check on her because he hears things are going bad like dewey is uh, we know he's a great character but he's always been really protective and treated sydney like a sister of his own and the sister he lost so that's a nice conversation but also the acting that david arquette has to do knowing how badly his marriage to courtney cox ended like how much heartbreak he went through like he messed up and did some stuff they had a really bad breakup and it sent him on a path in real life of drugs and alcohol and professional wrestling baby but i mean think about that though like it's really like he's acting through some demons that he experienced in real life and then has to do the same thing on screen so you know he's tapping into some real experience i think they both were because she's insanely good as well when they're on screen together they've always had chemistry and you can tell like they start dating i think at scream one and by the time they get to four i think they are splitsville yeah, well she's she's courtney cox arquette in three and she's courtney cox in four okay okay so, so and, but, the but they always had chemistry and i sure. think that they had really good chemistry here too they do but as, so as like I was the broken say, up couple but the heartbreak even with him sending a text message you can tell david arquette's going through some stuff and yeah. working through it on screen so you know don't come here and then he writes i, st- I still hold on uh, ghost face is back <laughs> don't come here smiley face <laughs> oh, i probably I shouldn't have written that smiley, smiley. <laughs> and then he writes i still and then he deletes it like that's right. a heartbreaking moment in a horror movie that you're not really like expecting that but it hits you in the feels yeah. oh yeah uh, and then of course the reunion and all that is really great too but i just hats off to david arquette for acting his ass off in this movie yeah he's insanely good uh so this is yeah this is where sam drives by the house and we see gail for the first time at uh there and then we see her as a morning show host that dewey's watching in his trailer he still obviously loves her and then she shows up to a see dewey and check on them and b get the story because they're producers you know so they have their interaction there and then i think we go back to the hospital the uh, deputy shows up to oh, help that's right. You're not, if you're here, who's watching my sister? The sh- yeah, the deputy who's on guard. Yeah. The sister is there. Who's at the hospital? And they're killing all these connections. So I got to go. And then it's really cool that like David Arquette goes into the passenger seat. Like, what are you waiting for? Let's yeah, go. Like, go. It was a really, it was a good um, moment. Okay, so small town. Yeah. In the daytime. Yeah. They go in the car. By the time they get to the hospital, it's, it's the dead dark. of night. Yeah. Also, 
what hospital? Who's do working you know? in this hospital? Well, well that's I don't question. know that. It, are we sure it's night? She's on a private floor, so it could just be she's on a floor and they didn't bother to turn on all the other lights. But like the entire floor gets turned off. There's no workers. They they killed one sheriff. There was not one nurse checking on her. There was not one. Well, they they comment that they're moving her to a to a private floor. Oh, so, that's true. So I mean that's fine. But isn't there a worker? I mean, okay, if, if her monitors go off and she's coding. <laughs> Who I mean, is checking I, on But her? at this point, I mean, presumably at this point, she's not in ICU. So, like, they don't necessarily need to have one nurse whose only job. I mean, that's expensive, you know. Okay. That's true. I, I buy. I, I get what you're saying. It's a small town. So, okay, that makes more sense. But still, like, I just thought that there's one guard on duty. <laughs> Ghostface takes out that guard. And the entire floor is empty. But at least there's no, some. With no lights. I've never, I've never been in a hospital where there were no lights well, on. Well, they the turned floor. off the lights and if they turned off the lights the generators would come on. I guess if they physically turned them off instead of cutting them, I guess they could be off. Yeah, I, I just like I said they they did reference that they were moving her to a private floor. So okay. it's not okay. weird that there's nobody else on the floor. I mean, that's no, fair. I, you could that's you could that, argue what hospital has an entire floor sitting vacant in but, Woodsboro. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they're not that big of a town. Why do they and, and this is a big hospital floor. You yeah. see how many rooms and hallways and desks so I just don't think it adds up. Even if they explain that, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And again, I have another issue with this scene as well. Okay, what's that? Okay, so Ghostface shows up. There's a big fight. Uh, Dewey shoots. Dewey does not hesitate, and he shoots uh, Ghostface in the chest, and the, the Ghostface kind of staggers back and falls into a thing. Look at the height. So we know who this killer is at this point, right? Like this is Amber. The, yeah, it's uh, this. This killer is is like two or three inches taller. Than also, Dewey. <laughs> also, Amber doesn't have leverage over Dewey with a knife. Not I'm at sorry all. to tell you, Dewey just Dewey's his... gonna Dewey's gonna win that fight if it's yeah, a, if it's an eighteen year old girl. This movie struggles with this the entire time with <laughs> Which who the killer the, is. The I heights. honestly, I honestly think this is a different killer. I I hmm. wonder if this if this change like if the killers changed at one point. Oh, after this filming, scene, they and changed this scene is it. already filmed. Okay. And they're like, we can't go back and do that again. So I just, I wonder if that's what happened here. And I that's wonder why the because so tall. These guys are smart, and it seems like they cover their bases on most of the stuff. And I know we've done some nitpicking, but as far as stuff with the killers, I just feel like these guys would have been like, that can't be her because the height doesn't. Like you know, what I mean, I, I figure to go back to the beginning of the movie. I don't believe that could be Amber as the killer because again, that's what when I'm you, saying. When you see Tara at the door, Ghostface is up over where like the peephole size right. is, so he would be much bigger than Amber. Do you know but, who is really tall? Matthew Lillard. Oh, you wonder if maybe they had a stand and hoping they would get him and couldn't get him or something. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. so but but for a second, so if you think that Amber isn't the killer because she was in that video, it's not like Ghostface FaceTimed. He sent a video file, which could be pre-recorded. Right. Right? So, which means that if he's holding a knife and Amber's in the background, that means Amber isn't the Ghostface in this scene. Because someone was holding a knife saying, I'm going to No, yeah. We, but here's the other problem. We know that Jack is in... The, the towns aren't that far away, though. They Oh, they, they are no, they're both in California. They're just maybe if they're a couple hours away, he clearly wasn't with Sam that night. He did the thing and drove back that morning. You know what I mean? Like, I guess, I guess that's possible. But you're right. I mean, that is a question. But the point is that couldn't have been Amber. It just the sizes don't match up. Sure, sure, sure. I do think they recorded that. I don't think they did it like weeks earlier. They could have. But I'm guessing he recorded that video outside her window when he was there and sent the file. 
all that. So the the size thing is weird. Um, yeah, in this scene, and I, and I, and I do. And I, I will say that when Kevin Williamson sold the treatment for Scream One to sweeten the deal to get more money, he had treatments for two and three ready to go. And the reveal, the original reveal in three, is that Stu was going to be the killer in three. He was yeah. going to survive. He's at Matthew Lillard is in Scream Two. You can see him walking around, like in the background of the on the college campus, and that's on purpose. Just yeah, to, they set it up so that you so that you by the time you get to three, that Stu is is where he's supposed to be. Yeah. So that's what I thought we were getting with this, and that didn't happen. But to mention what happens though, he he gets Tara, who's been hobbling away and her legs hurt and everything he gets her and sam and and uh richie richie all into the elevator and he waits a second and he's like i gotta go back you gotta always come back yeah and so it's a nice reference to what happened in uh three was it when one one two and three they yeah, all get shot happens in the head. repeatedly the shooting yeah but no but they're, well they do but uh, remember when sydney's like the head dewey the head you gotta shoot like she drives it home in one yeah. of those movies was it three i think probably uh, where she yells at him or it could have been four but anyway so he's like oh i remember this time which i think was a really nice reference to sydney yelling at him about yeah. that thing and so he goes back and it's a cool slow motion shot where he's dumping the shells out reloading mm-hmm. his gun and a really nice moment hero moment for dewey dewey has been so selfless throughout this entire series <laughs> he's been stabbed a lot and he keeps these coming movies. back yeah. and these kids don't have anything to do like these kids come to town, show up. He's doing his own thing, dealing with his own problems. And what does he do but pick up and leave to protect them? And here he gives his own life to try to stop yeah, he this. Gets, he gets stabbed in the gut. And then, you know, that Dewey's been stabbed so many times that you're just like, I, when he, they stab him, and I was like, oh, he'll be fine. Yeah, it's but then they gut him. And then they, yeah, they drag the blade across his Ooh. stomach and they stab him in the back and pull the thing up. The, and either there's blood everywhere pouring onto the floor. And they say it's an honor to kill him. You know, the yeah. first legacy character, like the of the three that we kill. Right. And then we lose it. And I didn't get emotional at that. And I was like, that's, we, we needed to, as much as I didn't want to, like, we needed to lose Dewey because Stakes. of the head, because of the head fake for four movies. Yeah. yeah. This needed to happen. Now, when... Sid and Gail come together for the first time. That's what got me. And I didn't, oh. I didn't, I'm sitting there. I was like, what is happening right now? Why am I? No, oh, <laughs> what man. is this funny feeling? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, like they have a great moment, right? They've lived this, this life together the last, you know, since 1996, they've been entwined with each other. Uh, and fi- I do like the way that both but, are just like, we're ending this. And right Courtney now. Cox though. I mean, this is her ex-husband, father of her children that, this character you know that plays the character that died yeah. like i'm sure she could tap into her and who knows when he was going through this rough time maybe she had some scares or worries that something would happen to him the father of her children so like sure. i think it's i think it adds that extra level that these actors are able to tap into and why it seems so real i mean yes they're good actors but these are real life formerly married people and so they're very close yeah. to each other yeah. still yeah i think that they're, they're the interaction with her and and, and nev campbell is is it really intense and it's really mm-hmm. good and nev campbell who's a who's a who's a i feel like she's kind of stepped away from acting i haven't seen most her part. i haven't seen her in a long time yeah. um so the, yeah this is where we see richie and uh oh she has credits in house of cards and okay, mo- okay. movies in 2018 2019 2020 so i guess she's we been just doing some stuff it. she's been right. working yeah yeah so this is where we see sam and the your two final girls quote unquote come face to face with each other and i do like immediately where she's like you're billy loomis's kid and she's like how did you know and he's she's like it's a small town 
so they they basically are richie says we're doing what nobody else does we're getting the fuck out of here we're leaving yeah. woodsboro which I, I, I this is really smart because uh, this is again a meta commentary on all these movies to where they actually wrote it to actually have some characters wisen up or you know right. i mean obviously right. this knowing the reveal is a little different but what you think of is like no this is what all the dumb people do we're getting out of here right and they take off and they're going down the road and i do like that sid kind of tries to talk her into staying and they're all just like, no. And I love that she's like, don't worry good about luck. it. No, yeah. Good luck. I planted a tracker on her on her car. Oh. And Gail's like, that you like did what? That seems like something Gail Weather would it's do. A, it's a very Gail Weathers move. Uh, oh, also, I just realized this. Not just, But you know how you have Sheriff Brackett? Yeah. My mother's maiden name is Weathers. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember Sheriff Patisi in this nope, movie. Nope, definitely Weathers, though. That's funny. So, yeah, so they take off, and we realize that this this um, inhaler that has kind of been a thing for Tara, they don't have, and they realize that it's- Yeah, whenever you house. see an inhaler in a movie, that's going <laughs> to- Red flag. They're going to need it. And it you're going to need that yeah. later for, for whatever reason. Let's check off inhaler. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So they get to, you know, they go to Amber's house, and as soon as they're in the house, I was like, well, if this is where I think they are, this is flipping brilliant you're very observant i mean kudos to you for catching that because i just watched these movies and it just never again like with the party going on and stuff it just didn't click for me and when they got that at reveal that zoom out thing when the, i was it, like oh. i saw the staircase i saw the hallway like on the side yeah. of the staircase and when they open the door to go to the basement yeah it's the same shot as they open the door to go to the garage which i thought was just kind of like homage but it's truly yes literal homage yes so the the twin boy ends up trying to hook up with his girlfriend and kind of like poo poos it and she gets all pissy and she takes off uh, and he goes out after her and this is we think we lose this kid like the ghost face kind of slashes him up just like he does to Tara uh, and we see he kind of like sees off in the distance and this is when Gail and Sid show up and they realize where they are. And of course, these two are like, well, this is the final showdown. <laughs> this is we have nothing left to do here. Uh, Richie and Amber clear the house out, which should be a, <laughs> the other massive red herring where they're like, everybody get out. Both of them are clearing out the entire house. Um, do they kill the girlfriend? No, Ghostface kills the girlfriend at the very end of like when you're figuring out what's going on is that right that's the reveal so sydney basically comes so they show up and amber hobbles out and acts like oh they're killing us in here oh yeah i do that's a good line where they look at each other like do you believe that they're like no it's fake it's a trap shoot at her yeah she shoots good so amber shoots gail so now gail's kind of wallowing i also gotta tell you she got shot in the stomach and screamed too she yeah. should just start wearing vests all the time. <laughs> like that's, it's almost the exact same spot too. So Sydney goes in there, and you get a really nice like the shot to where you can tell she's memories are coming back. This she's is getting back in Stu's house. Yeah, it's full circle. She gets a call from Ghostface, which is a really good call because Sydney's basically like, "I'm getting bored of this. Click, don't hang up on me." Right, like right, she's right, like, right, "I'm not right. dealing with." This. And she says, "I give you five seconds to come out. I'm starting to shoot." And she's just shooting into doors. Like she's not even waiting. Yeah. She just sh- and she shoots into one door and she hits richie and of course now you're thinking like well he was hiding the entire time he's not in the getup. finally they they clear everything out they pull gail into oh they they close the door and richie stabs uh sam 
in the stomach. Right. Well, meanwhile, like Sam had found Tara tied up. Right. And it looks like she's not going to untire because she's like, well, is Tara in on all this? Because Richie does kind of plant that seed that maybe she's in on it. They're all starting to turn on each other. So you leave not knowing if she's untied Tara. Right. And then, yeah, Richie and the killer actually go over the staircase. Yes. So you're thinking, well, they just fought and fell off a flight of the stairs. There's no way Richie's the killer at this point. Well, he is. He is. Yeah. And this <laughs> is the, they get the same scene in the, in the kitchen where it's the big reveal in the kitchen is the exact same scene from scream one this is the reveal that richie is a to- is is a toxic fan and hated scream scream stab, stab eight, eight so yeah. much <laughs> which this that, is so i think ballsy of them to go this route because you know how toxic fandom can be mm-hmm. and like they weren't afraid to just straight up say it stab eight have you ever heard of another eighth <laughs> movie with toxic fandom Maybe that's a that's a requel. <laughs> Maybe I mean they straight up are calling out Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi toxic fandom, yep. which I think was a ballsy move and really relevant, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and he basically says, "I'm going to write my own movie. I'm, they're going to do a stab nine, and it's going to be right back to basics, and they're going to kill all these characters and do yada yada yada." I like this overall, but also feels a little too familiar because i feel like we already did this with the killer that wants to be the star of a movie that they're gonna write yeah and then frame someone like you know i mean like it's some point it just feels like how many more times can we do this exact same formula you know what i mean there's a meta-ness to it but it also feels very familiar yeah i think that's what a requel is though right it's supposed to feel familiar true but i just mean that in the sequels they also felt familiar like you know what i mean like they've oh, already sure, pulled sure, this sure. card out and done the we're people that love the movies but for whatever reason we're gonna they're gonna be writing their own movies now but what we're doing and you know what i mean like it just oh, to yeah. me felt a little familiar having just watched them again i still enjoyed it but i think this has to be the last time they do this exact maybe same thing maybe i don't know uh <laughs> so sam and Richie kind of have their throwdown fight, and this is where uh, there's a knife kind of off to the side, and we see Skeet Ulrich in a mirror, and just kind of gives her like a head nod, and she gives in. She gives in to the Loomis side of her, and she destroys Richie with this yeah. knife. She flips him over and just starts gutting him with this knife. Um, and this the is other, the most the, violent thing we've ever seen in these movies. Yes, yeah, big time. Uh, in the kitchen, uh, for whatever reason, Amber has been. They threw um, like hand sanitizer on her face, and then I was like, "Well, turned the stove on." And then she's gonna get set on fire, like she did at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, like it's the same thing. That is funny. I didn't make that connection. That's yeah, it's the same actress. Uh, and so Sid and and Gail kind of dispatch her uh, as the, all of our characters are leaving. The the killer comes back at the end, and then Gail and uh sydney turn on her and and shoot her in the chest yeah doesn't she give the gun to gail this time and actually lets her finish because sydney always finishes the no gail gail kills billy loomis in scream one gail shoots him in the head oh okay yeah um but sydney usually in the next ones always kills like the last moment i think she hands the gun to gail and lets her yeah maybe but yeah and then so all of our characters kind of walk out sam and tara are reunited uh and gail the twins and are, are alive both the, of them. the twins are alive they may they they pull a, a dewey 
uh, and they Mindy make it... gets stabbed once and then plays dead the rest of the time, right? Because she's not other, that hurt, and the other the guy other just yeah laid there on the ground. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think this was impressive that they figured this out and they were able to capture what was so great about that first one and use it in 2021. I think this is a really good entry. I think it helps too that the it got rough for Scream to continue to be so meta because. Like, there's only so many things you can deconstruct about the horror genre, but, sure. but over the last 15 years with the rise of art house horror, it gave them some fresh material for them, a- and requels, it gave the, but the two things gave them some, some fresh meat to, to dig into. Which I think is was really smart. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's really, really the commentary they give, like, it feels familiar, and for the most part, in a good way, like, all the things that Scream fans want they give them all that and it treats the legacy really nicely. Uh, and also like the four West at the party, they're celebrating West, their friend who died. And clearly when they're cheering for West, it's West, you know, West Craven. But then also with the new commentaries, it felt fresh enough to where it's like, Oh, these are new modern things that we're dealing with. And so they had the bust of both worlds and it was written in a way to where none of it felt cheap or or easy. You know, they, they really crafted a, a script that did, worked in both ways it's nice when the original people can return like creators can return but i don't know that it's always for the best right like it's Mm. i mean yeah you know the one of the best muppet movies was written by someone who basically just loved the muppets that much and sure you know and it's like i can't help but think that the alien movies would be better if they took them away from him you know what i mean i think that's not a bad idea And so it's like i think it's about finding talent that has a true and abiding passion for the source material and and they they did that here look at the mandalorian versus the prequels george lucas wrote and directed all the prequels right isn't that yeah now another good the, example of like you don't always necessarily want the yeah. <laughs> the creator at, back uh, yeah and look at what john favreau and dave filoni are doing with star wars so yeah. it's like yeah yeah absolutely yeah, i think this is this was this was good stuff yeah no this I, was I, my a, only this was a fun movie my only fear is that this might reignite that 90s horror stuff again. Well, we're going to get a new Final Destination. It's already coming out this year. There's a, there's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming out is again. That, I mean, it, we live in the world of yeah. reboot. That's what this movie's saying, right? So like, the, what's so smart about this movie is not only are they self-aware of themselves, you know, but they're, they're self-aware of the industry, and they are calling out studios and remakes and recalls and all that so i mean that's the world we live in yeah absolutely i just yeah you're only going to get more of it so yeah there you go keep an eye out for the relaunch of the faculty right (laughs) no please god no well the question is though too so now are we going to get a scream six i would say probably (laughs) yes but (laughs) Do we do? Are these guys going to become the scream guys? No, I want another Ready or Not. I mean, I love this movie, and this movie's really good. But think about how good Ready or Not was—an original horror property by this team. Like, I want more of those. Like, not a sequel to that. You know what I'm saying? I want more original Ready or Nots. I want more of that. Not just yeah. these guys become the scream sequel guys. Yeah, I don't know if these guys are going to want. Like, they enjoyed making a scream movie, no doubt. But like, I don't know that they're going to want to do nothing but that. Like, I think That's they're going to be. Yeah, I just think hope... they're going to be like we've done that now. Okay, I, I kind of hope so. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Like, pass the torch. They set it up. It's really good. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. 
But uh, well, anyway, I guess uh, that is it for this one. Let's go around the virtual table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, V-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Uh, you can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers, where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content. It's mostly Joe. We should call it Jonas content. <laughs> oh, I like that. Joe's been doing a good job yeah. on those. You know, I've, I've been editing the the Scream ones that have come out, and, and he does a good job with the guests and everything. I mean, really, if you if you like Scream movies and you enjoyed us talking about this one, uh, Joe has this whole series on the Patreon, and it's a huge help for the show, and they're really good episodes. Thanks. Yeah. And so uh, you can, again, do that at patreon.com slash real spoilers. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Doofy isn't disabled. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Better watch out. It's going to ruin the plot. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.